You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? God, we are so close to the regular season. We got a crazy, meaningless game on Thursday. But well, I mean, not meaningless, but meaningful it's for meaningless. about three people. Uh, and then we've got real football, and it's you know we're starting to get guys back. Byron Jones getting back into mm-hmm. practice, like it's real football has never been close. Yeah, I wish we could just kind of skip this preseason game, but just kind of really quickly before we get to your guys' Twitter questions, how many guys that are going to make the fifty-three man roster are actually going to play on Thursday? Is it more than five, six? Because I, I, I can't see any way that the Cowboys are going to jeopardize anybody that's going to be an important player this year in I mean, a completely, utterly, you know, meaningless preseason game that uh, is going to be pretty sloppy all the way around. You know, the problem is they have to field a team, you know, and 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 the other part of the issue is that you know it's still preseason, so they can't even necessarily field. You know they can't just throw out twenty two the tw- bottom twenty two guys on their roster. You know because they they actually need to sub people in. Even the guys that uh, that are out there, uh, you know, none of them have really played a full game of football yet this no, season. This so game. so no one's ready to play a full game of football yet, really. So I think you know it's it, it's a it's a lot more of those players than you wish than you, than you hope for that that get thrown out there and, sure. and you're kind of holding your breath. Cowboys sure. um, are going to struggle to find some players at certain positions. I know tight end is becoming tight a problem. end's going to be very difficult. Yeah, uh, to, I, they worked out Tyrone Swoops, the former Texas quarterback, and he he didn't sign because he said he wasn't going to be ready to play in Thursday's game, and that doesn't really help Dallas. So. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Cowboys do uh, over the next couple of days. Today we're going to answer your Twitter questions, and let's kind of jump right into it. The first question comes from at JDFW214. Uh, will Ezekiel Elliott play in week one? We are getting re- <laughs> we are getting really close to the deadline. We kind of talked about uh, you know this a couple of weeks ago that we need to see him on the practice field probably by what next two or probably Wednesday or Thursday if he's going to play. Uh, what's your gut feeling on this right now, Landon? My gut feeling is that as the week goes on, we'll start hearing more and more stuff. You know, I, I think we heard something today that the Cowboys up their offer to just slightly beneath uh, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as the week goes on, we'll hear more and more. Over the weekend, it, there'll probably be some kind of close to breakthrough. And I bet they announce something Monday or Tuesday. I mean, I don't know anything, but I, I just I, this nothing that has happened yet has been since he decided to do this. This next week has always been the target week for when he would come back. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not changing my you know, my my bet right before the finish line. I I, I still think 
the timeline would indicate, look, we've already started to get some whispers on some stuff happening. I bet we'll start hearing more whispers by Thursday and Friday. By the game, you know, I'm sure we'll hear something during the game, probably about, you know, an offer, blah, 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 potential movement. And then I'm thinking over the weekend with uh, an announcement to come probably Monday, I would guess. All right, so my question for you is, Lane, if let's say this deal gets done in that time frame and he's on the practice field on Wednesday – uh, kind of, you know, with Elliot missing all this training camp time and all this workout time, I, we know that he's in shape. We're not sure how, if he's in football shape yet. Would you anticipate the Cowboys kind of, you know, limiting his workload in the first couple of games of the season? Do you think they try to keep him to 15, 20 touches rather than 25 or 30 like we've seen in the past? I think that they put him out there with the intent of giving him this normal reps, but see, I think that they are probably willing to adjust on the fly if it doesn't look like he's, you know, fully in sync yet. Right. I, I think you know if if he's struggling to to sync up with his blockers on on a wide zone, if that sort of thing. You know, I think that then then they may kind of ease off. I, I think they'll probably play it by ear, and I think that la- that's why it would be really important. I think for them to try to figure out something this weekend with Monday as the goal because then you get a whole week of practice to figure out, okay, where, where well, what, where is he really right. in, in regards to syncing up with this offense and being ready to, you know, function. It's not even just being uh, in shape or being in football shape, as they say. It's also about being in sync with the rest of your play, the rest of the players on your on your offense, the rest of your teammates. Yeah, I don't think it would take Elliott long to get up to speed. No, it, it would definitely no. be one of those things that the Cowboys could kind of feel out. They could yeah. also ro- rotate series. They could take them off on third downs if they're worried about you know maybe some of the pass protection stuff. I do well, think, think about who we're playing too. I mean, that's right. the other thing too is we're playing the Giants, so I mean they're. They're gonna want to stop the run for sure. You know, I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna. I mean, that's what they do essentially. So, if the Cowboys decided that you know it's not in sync or it's not at at, at the top of where it needs to be, I don't know that they're gonna feel too much qualms about shifting to a more run run a pass first attack and and you know taking advantage of, of New York that way. I think I think who who we're playing actually will feed into a lot of this as well. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the defense. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Landon, this question is specifically for you. This one comes from Tony. 
Uh, he says, I want Landon to expand on the three-three-five defense idea he threw oh. out in Oxnard. What are the pros and cons of it? Take it away. Well, Tony was out there at camp, and shout-out to, to TT. How's it going, man? Um, and we had a discussion because you know, there, was a, there was at least one or two different times at camp where they threw out a, kind of an interesting-looking three-three-five uh, defense where they had – it looks like three different defensive tackles. I'm pretty sure it was Covington as the nose tackle and then Tristan Hill <laughs> and one other defensive tackle. I can't remember who it was on top of my head. And they were kind of lined up as like almost seven techniques. I mean, like they were wide of the tackles. And then that kind of an off, you know, a, a, a tilted nose, not quite a zero technique. And then... They had all. They had uh, Jalen, Leighton Vanderesh, and then Taco Charlton. That's interesting. Uh, uh, all kind of, you know, peppering gaps like they were coming in, like you know, sort of a, that kind of amoeba defense looking thing where they were basically on their feet and 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 kind of moving around so as not get a good idea of where they would be coming from. And then at the snap, you know, some of them dropped, some of them, you know, went into the the, the offensive line, uh, you know. And I think it's 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 one of those kind of wrinkles that we'll see on passing downs that I think just to, you know another confusion, the thing to create confusion and, and cause disruption for for quarterbacks. We're so, really uh, looking at the three three five like on passing downs, right? Like a yeah. like a third and eight, third and ten, basically to just keep everything in front of you, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think really what you're doing is you're trying to find ways more and more to use Jalen Smith as a weapon, as a pass, as a a, a pass rusher. Whether it's well, a, fine, yeah. a, more of a blitzer, you know, in this situation. Well, I, I think I, it's just to get more speed on the field as well, right? Because sure. ultimately, on those third and eights and third and tens, the goal a lot of times for the defense, and we saw this, I believe, a lot out of Wade Phillips was have the offense dump the ball underneath and then just rally to the football, right? That That's kind of the idea of trying to get more speed on the defense, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially the idea. I mean, really, it's just to kind of give the the offense a different look. I mean, it's something they may not have prepared for. And, and I think, again, when you have guys like Jalen Smith who are adept at being both a pass rusher, is just a violent weapon to throw at the middle of an offensive line, uh, and also a pass defender as a as a coverage guy, uh, that that causes a lot of consternation for a quarterback who's trying to figure out what's going on in, on, on any given snap. So um, you know, any opportunity to present three different guys who could all be blitzing or could be dropping into coverage, you know, it's 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 a lot like kind of a you know the the, the principles of a of an overall amoeba defense, mm-hmm, except with maybe a little bit more. Solidity, because you have three defensive tackles there to kind of hold things down if if a run were to happen. All right, this next question comes from Mark, and this is a really good one. Who is the Cowboys' best trade piece going into cut 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 day, and what compensation player would you be looking to get in return? All right, I actually have two players on both sides of the ball. Um, I, now I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think either of these players are going to get traded, and I certainly don't think they're going to get cut. It's one of those things where there's some depth at each of these positions, and I could see if a team really, really needed a player here, they could do it. 
The first one is Joe Looney, and we've actually talked about him a little bit on this podcast. Because you drafted Connor McGovern, because you like some of the other guys there, Joe Looney has some starting experience at both guard and center. It wouldn't shock me if a bunch of teams called about Looney, uh, specifically teams that maybe lost their center, like New England with Dave Andrews, uh, maybe in Cleveland. What would you get out of Joe Looney? I, I don't know. Maybe a fifth or sixth round pick at most, but that's probably not enough for Dallas. Uh, the other guy I have is Taco Charlton. Again, I don't think Dallas is going to trade Taco, but you're looking at somebody with a first round you know, pick resume attached to him who has played well in the preseason, who is still fairly young and on a cheap deal. I think Taco would be appealing to other teams. But again, I, I, I don't see the Cowboys moving on from either of those guys unless they got significant deals. But I can see them being potential trade pieces. Uh, does that make sense, Landon? Is there anybody else that you would like to throw out there? I mean, if we're going to do that, like I think you could talk about guys like Anthony Brown, Lael sure. Collins. Sure. I mean, these are guys who are on last years of their deal who have value, lots of value. I mean, they think teams would trade for either one of those pl- players. Um, but, I, yeah, again, like I don't know that it would be prudent to do that because I think the Cowboys are kind of in a situation where they're trying to win right now. They want all the talent that they can have on their team. They're not trying to give it away for picks at this point. Um Besides all the fact that these are guys who can also earn them, you know, comp picks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know that. I, I think that there are lots of. I understand the question by Mark, but that the disappointing part of the question is that the answer to his his question is are, are a bunch of players who are definitely not going to be traded. Right. You know. Right. So that that's that's the part is the trade the most likely trade piece is not. At the same per- person who is the most valuable trade piece, I guess, is what I would, would say. Sure, I, absolutely. Um, all right, we've got this question actually from a couple different people. Uh, do you anticipate a surprise veteran being cut, a la Dan Bailey last year? A couple of people have wondered if it's Sean Lee. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen for obvious reasons. Sean Lee no. took a pay cut. Um, they really like where he's at in, in the Sam role. They're trying to find different ways to get him on the field. Uh, but do you anticipate a veteran being cut like Sean Lee? You know, I look. I've done the a cut down, and I don't know if you have too. But yeah, I we mean, did it yesterday's show. Remember? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So obviously, yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is we talked about it yesterday too. Like, I don't. This wasn't really that hard. No, you know, like, no. and really, there's not. I mean, at least, I, I don't know what they're actually gonna do. But as far as what I'm predicting, they'll do. Like I don't anticipate too many surprise cuts. Like, I, I mean, maybe if, if you consider. Uh, George Iloka, because he was an off-season, you know, vet, a surprise cut. Like, yeah, I think George Iloka might get cut. Okay, let me let me give you a surprise cut. Okay, would Mike Jackson be considered a surprise cut because he's a fifth round? I pick? guess maybe. Yeah. Okay. About, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go Jackson? with that for sure. I, uh, so that no, would surprise me. I think Joe Jackson's. I mean, wasn't Joe Jackson a sixth round pick? No, he was a fifth rounder. He was their first fifth rounder. Oh, he was the first fifth. You know, I mean, I guess those qualify because they're, you know, draft picks, but still they're fifth-round picks. You know, it's like, and this is an incredibly talented team. Like, I mean, I think even when we drafted these guys, we we, at some point when we were going through everything, you know, we we said, like, look, uh, this is a really talented team already. How are they going to fit all these guys on this roster? So I, I think it's just that we've kind of arrived at the point where the rubber meets the road and it's time to cut these guys down and we're just like, oh, I can't believe it. But no, I mean, those, but even then, the question was surprise veterans. Neither one of those guys are veterans. So I, I don't, I just I, don't I know, know that there's too many surprises here. 
Can, can I give you one that wouldn't totally shock me? Yeah. What about Chris Jones? What if another team releases a punter that maybe is a little bit more experienced, or not more experienced, that has maybe a stronger leg? Because we've kind of had back-to-back years now where Chris Jones hasn't averaged 45 yards or more punt. Uh, he, you know, he really hasn't had a good year since 2015. It, would it be shocking if the Cowboys looked at the punter market and saw somebody better than Chris Jones? I, I think it would be for one not really thought about reason too often. I, I you're not just losing your punter, you're losing your holder. Just put your quarterback there. Everybody every quarterback yeah. can do that. <laughs> Been there done that. <laughs> no. Uh I, I mean I, I mean I, I don't it's it's not a deal breaker, but 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 I do think that if you're talking about, you know, is this guy better than this guy, blah blah sure, blah, how much sure. better is he I think you have to weigh in the fact that you're also changing up the kicking uh, mechanism, which you know it, that part of the kicking mechanism does matter. Has been, has been the same for a long time. So it, it does matter. Yeah. Um, this next question comes from Dustin. Who is your most surprising new addition to the team this year? Anything is in play: veterans, rookies, Kellamore. Is there one person who's kind of really you know that's new this year that is surprising you, Landon? I mean, Pollard is just so much better than we thought. Yeah. Like, I just think that he's... So I guess, I mean, since he's new... I've got one. I've got yeah. one. How about Devin Smith? That that was one that was kind of... We talked about it for, what, maybe two minutes this offseason about the Cowboys taking a flyer on Devin Smith. And now we're talking about him maybe having a somewhat decent-sized role on the offense this year as the fifth or sixth receiver. I think that's a pretty surprising addition to this team. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I mean, I think it's because, you know, typically you look at it as like, okay, well, this could be a guy if things work out, but you just never expect them to because it's right. just there's a reason that these guys fall out. I mean, the, the truth is that every time McClay does this, it has like – it doesn't have like a, a great hit rate, but the but – it has but, a hit rate. That's, that's, that's not surprising. Thing. It has a hit rate. Right. That's, that's Yeah, right. exactly. It, it does have a hit rate, which is impressive because the caliber of players that you end up hitting on are, you know, suddenly, wow, this is a, this is a guy that was a second-round pick talent at one point. Right. So, yeah, there, I, I think it's it's that that's a good name to look at for sure because it can really have an effect. There's this notion around the league that high draft picks uh, have to continue to show that they can't play over several years in order to, to really, like, bottom out and, and not continue to get chances. But this is why that you. This is the reason why you sign guys like Devin Smith, who clearly had talent at Ohio State. Was you know, I, it certainly wasn't considered a reach by the Jets when they took him in the second round. It just took him a little while to finally get healthy and find a role in the NFL, and now it's panning out for Dell. So it, when you see teams like the Cowboys and some of these other ones take shots on former first-round picks, I mean, I remember. I think it was the 2013 season. The Cowboys were bringing in basically every first-round bust ever at defensive end. I mean, I remember they brought in uh, Everett Brown, Martez Wilson. They brought in who was a former linebacker that went, I think, in the second round. This is why Will McClay does that. Um, yeah. Last question here for you, Landon. Uh, I'm going to change it a little bit. This one's from at Cowboys Cutups. He says, "How early in the season do you consider giving Malik Collins a contract extension?" Uh, I'm going to ask you this. What would Collins need to show you in order to kind of get the ball rolling on a contract extension? Because for me, oh. I think it's going to be awfully hard to do considering that you have Tristan Hill on a rookie deal, that you obviously want him to take his place. Uh, what would the Cowboys need to see from Collins to have that happen? Oh, you're crazy. I think they already are talking to him. 
Really? Oh yeah, totally. Okay, see, I'm, I, I, I absolutely do. I mean, like, because you could find a way. Look, you've got. I mean, this is his rookie year. You know, you've got four years of cheap Tristan Hill. That's not. That's not going to go away. So you could sign Malik Collins to a three-year deal, and still, you know. If you can figure out a way to make it affordable and fit it, then it, you that's know, the thing. Still... I don't think it's going to be affordable compared to what he might get on the open market. That's why I, I'm not. I, the, I, I don't assume. I, yeah, look, because cause here's the thing. Maybe, of course, what he deserves, absolutely. But I get look, Malik. Collins, they've made lots of good points about this. Malik Collins is a pretty low key guy. And, and if there's anybody on this team that I would believe that would take a, a, a Tyron Smith-type deal, I, I also agree with, with a lot of the commentary that's been said on some of the dot-com guys is that I, I, I think this is this could be a guy who just quite, likes where he does, he likes his coaching. You know, He might take a below-market early deal just to get his money early and just to, to, call, to get some stability. Maybe he won't. Maybe I'm crazy, but, but I, I, I think that... If I'm the Cowboys, I'm already talking to him. You know, I'm saying, "Hey, I, we'd love to have you. Like, what, what? How can we work this out? Blah 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 blah. Maybe we'll give you a little bit of extra money, like the, up front or something. And, and, and just if they could figure out a way to do it, they should. But I, I mean, if the question is when should they start talking to Malik Collins, the the answer is right now. I agree with that part. Yes, my here's my concern. Malik Collins, I think, is a smart guy. I think he's going to realize that the defensive tackle market in general, is not good in terms of talent there. Uh, let's look at somebody like Sheldon Richardson, right? Has played for three different teams over the last three years, has played in 45 games, and has a combined seven sacks. You combined, you, you compare his numbers to Malik Collins, and Malik Collins blows him out of the water and tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles, all that stuff. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, this offseason, uh, got a four-year extension at age 29 that's paying him over $12 million a year. The Cowboys can't do that for for Malik Collins. I, I think Malik <laughs> Collins is going to get a deal. Obviously, that's I think over ten million dollars a year. I, I just don't see a way with all the other contracts coming up that you can get them, uh, you know, signed to a deal. That's that's just my opinion. Though. Is does does that seem realistic? I just know that they have ways to manipulate this thing and the levers and mechanisms that uh, that seem un usable at times and they figure out a way to get this done i have a feeling that if they i mean if if it's like a tyron smith type deal meaning like you know that level of friendly that level of like flexibility absolutely i think they can get that done you know like Uh, i i i I, I mean they they can figure out a way to, to to fit all of it together if it's organized correctly and it's flexible it's just about it's just about whether Malik Collins will do it. I'm not sitting here saying that he should or that he wouldn't take less than you know market value. He absolutely would, but for for maybe for some people, you know, the stability of staying in the same spot where he is, I think there's an there's an appeal there's sure. a, there's an appeal there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens with Collins because I do think he's one of those guys that the Cowboys are going to have to weigh. Is he more valuable to our team at $10, 12000000 million a year or letting him go in the free agent market? 
opening up snaps for Ty or for Tristan Hill and potentially gaining a comp pick back. Uh, it's just something that's going to be interesting to see play out. And if Collins has a fantastic year at you know eight nine sacks, which we know he's capable of. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have to think long and hard about that one. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.